0: the year is one nine seven zero, and Chicago got themselves a song called 25 or6 two four yeah much better than that of course yeah that's what was going on today it's Tuesday analyzing the lyric and we're gonna analyze Chicago's 25 or six two four and And uh, look at what was taking place there in the hippie mind of the long-haired gnomes wandering the earth in a rebellious way. It was a suggestion suggested to us, put in the queue, and you know what? I've always liked that song. I've not always listened to Chicago, per se. Yeah, it was on the radio, and you could hear it there, and uh, in various other locations that you might have perused in the 70s. But uh, it wasn't my cup of tea, if you will, during my youth and rebellion. I was a bit heavier than what Chicago could offer. However, in my later years, perhaps my late teens or early adulthood, um, and having, of course, gone off the deep end there in the extremities of life and the uh, excess that is available uh, at the world's disposal um after a while you're like hey dude this is like chicago's good man like they've got a good uh um they're talented number one i can i could identify that i mean they're talented they can write this kind of stuff and put it all together with all the musical instruments so they're well woven and orchestrated in this wonderful musical uh atmosphere they're good at what they do okay yeah i can do that But the sound that they were producing, and uh, the vocal, and the lyric, and everything, um, I found myself just being like, oh, I I gotta get more of this stuff. I mean, what have I been missing? Well, a whole deal. Uh, Chicago's got a wonderful um, uh, catalog of some of the most memorable songs. Really. And uh, they captivate each era. They are what I call shelf life music. There is no expiration date. Every generation is going to purchase a Chicago song. Just what it is. And they, every, you know, up and coming band who's going to uh, seek to emulate certain things is going to take some vibes from Chicago, gonna play some Chicago, gonna cover some Chicago. Uh, to a lesser degree, of course, because the Masters, Chicago themselves. I mean, they were just a wonderful band. You had everything in there. You had trumpets going, you know, the bass, the lead, rhythm. Drums. Every, I mean everything. They just knew how to play very well together. Piano. So uh, we're going to be doing uh, twenty-five or six-two-four, and I could never get that. You know, here, here, I could never remember the song or how to. Re- I would just be like, "What's that Chicago song with the numbers?" Because <laughs> for some reason, my mind just couldn't, you know, get past uh, the formula of it all. You know, twenty-five or six two, four. I just no not no way. What's the number song from Chicago? Well, uh, looking at the, of course, um, information that's made available in regards to the song and its lyrics and everything. I just kind of stuck in my mind repeating it and you're like, okay. Yeah. And of course I'm listening to the song numerous times before I go live and stream this information with you. But, um, uh, it's all good, man. Hey, listen, Stefan Meyer is my name. As you see over there, addedsouls.com is my website. Friends, please listen. You can certainly sign up to my freedom community, if you will, or whatever you want to call it. My community over at addedsouls.locals.com. Com. It's free to sign up, but you can support the work over there. There's also PayPal option, my email address, addit souls at gmail.com. I labor alongside the East Coast Church of Christ over here on the East Coast of Canada. You can check out the dot com, East Coast Church of Christ.com. We do have a Facebook page, East Coast Church of Christ. I do encourage you to check that out and see what we're all about. It's a wonderful, wonderful work, a healthy and growing. Work. You can see also all the locations and platforms that we stream, we create, YouTube, X, formerly known as Twitter, Substack, Locals, Rumble, Facebook, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Google, Patreon, and various other locations. Check it out. Look at the itinerary. We go live from Monday to Friday. Well, on Monday, we upload, if you will, and we go live from Tuesday to Friday, 10 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time. Look at the itinerary. You might find some some interesting stuff there that you would like to uh look at is that okay so chicago is the song we are analyzing well chicago's the band and uh, the song we're analyzing from chicago is 25 or 6 to 4. and we're gonna look at some information over at songfacts.com our friends over there they have some wonderful lyrics in regards to why it was written who wrote it and What's going on with it all? Context is important. You know, we human beings, we tend to like to read something or listen to something and formulate our own interpretive uh, dilemma. And, you know, it's always according to our own experience in life and emotion. A lot of the songs we uh, cling to and have uh, a strong connection with is typically because it sings something, it has a sound, it has a charm, an enchantment to it that um, is... Um, how should, it, it's something familiar to us. It has nostalgia, obviously, at this point, and it has uh, perhaps an experience, a moment in your life. It captured, you know, it captured a timeline in your history and uh, you stick with it. You're like, yeah, but you interpret it to your own, your own lifestyle. Your, something happened, maybe a girl, maybe a boy, maybe bad, maybe good, maybe this, maybe that. And you cling to it and you interpret it that way. And most of these artists of course that create these songs they they have a context they wrote it for a reason there was something in their minds could have been a whole bunch of drugs and alcohol but uh it could it could have been also poetry or uh, experience also or uh, perhaps voicing out something sociopolitically whatever the ca- the case may be uh they have a purpose and context to their song and we can know that respect that and take from it what we want in our lives if you will but uh many times we just <laughs> completely go upside down with what the song really means. For instance, if you look at my of uh, videos uh, in regards to our Tuesday analyzing the lyric, well, I purposely went and analyzed some songs that, oh, they're taboo, you can't listen to them, they're evil. You know, some songs like ACDC's Highway to Hell. Well, <laughs> you should go check out what those lyrics actually mean and what the band was actually going through in order to write those lyrics. Now, are they playing a bit of trickiness on us? Well, yeah, they they they... They're playing the verbal uh, uh, assault on on a great many things, but uh, you should check that out. Why? Because you, you, you don't need to be afraid of it. As Christians, we don't need to fear those things anymore, really. We don't live there anymore. We don't do those things anymore. Uh, we don't live like the world and stuff like that, so we don't need to truly fear it. We can recognize the entertainment value of it, perhaps, or... Where we are at as youth, uh, and the things perhaps our children have been listening to or we've been listening to. There's value to analyzing the lyric, and it's quite unique, and well, that's why I do it. I was a music lover in my past life, I loved it to the core. And um, now, as a Christian, I don't love music anymore. I like it very much. But uh, there was no one from a Christian perspective, if you will, to recognize the youth. It was mostly just "It's the Devil's Music." Burn it all, burn it, get rid of it, burn it. It's evil. It's evil. And I'm like, what are they? I mean, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I listen to this music all the time. So you know, kind of that edge to it. How do you bridge the gap? How do you reach the youth listening to music? Now, is there music out there that is full on filth and garbage and has no? Soul to it at all has no talent it's just mess and filth and and nonsense well yeah you know you can obviously there is a boundary somewhere and there is matters of conscience and scruple and opinion and all these conversations but ultimately you know we want to just look at the lyric and we want to learn the what was taking place and why they wrote it and what does it mean if you will anyways blah 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 all that stuff our friends over at songfacts.com they of course have a an article on what it means Why 25 or 624? Why did Chicago do that in 1970? What's taking place here? Well, as I'm quoting, I'm reading from the article here. It says, this was written by Robert Lamb, who is a keyboard player and singer for Chicago. It's about trying to write a song with the title referring to the time of day. Would you know it? It's not some kind of a, you know, the occult and Satanism with numbers or anything. It's not some kind of a mystery. You have to decode, decipher the, 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 (laughs) the coordinates of the universe. You know, they got into that, you know, while dropping LSD or something. No, it's, it's, it has to do, of course, with the time of day. And it would make sense. Everything's practical. I mean, there's nothing uh, outside the realm of nature here. Okay. With the title referring to the time of day, either being 3.35 a.m., Uh, which would be 25 to 4, you see how that works, or 3.34 a.m., which would be 26 to 4. Now, Lamb explained on the Chris Isaac Hour, quoting, I was living with a bunch of hippies up above Sunset Strip. Now, does anything else need to be said here? (laughs) For some of us 70s kids, you know, um... We may have lived enough life, of course, to recognize uh, the context and the scene here taking place in 1970 Sunset Strip as everyone's just getting, ah, and, you know, expanding our thoughts to the outer outer realms and all that kind of stuff taking place. And music was so close, art, you know, and uh, cinema, all these things, Uh, the entertainment world uh, is very close entwined to this let's let's set our minds to the to the to the wave of today's rebellion you know if you will so yeah he says i was living with a bunch of hippies up above sunset strip you can just imagine what's taking place there one of the advantages of this particular house he says was that it was in the hollywood hills and i could look out over the city late at night where was he now with manson somewheres i don't know but obviously a beautiful location where you could soak in the meditative state of your being as you are floating high in the sky there somewhere, you know, with Lucy. Well, uh, I wanted to try to describe the process, he says, of writing the song that I was writing. Imagine that. (laughs) The interwoven tentacles of neurology, you know. You're just up there in the state of... (laughs) uh uh lsd and uh intoxicants of every formula and uh you know the pharmakia is full on and uh you think let's write a song about writing a song it's almost like it's almost how seinfeld was created let's make a show about nothing let's write a song about writing a song yeah dude well these things as simple as they may sound have profound providential pathogens and uh here it is this is what he's thinking and so let's go for it right it's three thirty-four or three thirty-four, 34 3, 3. a.m in the morning is it the witching hour i don't know it's a.m it's on sunset strips in the 70s and we're all a bunch of hippies high on dope and uh yeah let's do that you know <laughs> let's write a song about writing a song i find that quite humorous of course to the end but uh so he says waiting for the break of day searching for something to say, flashing lights against the sky. Uh, There was a neon sign across the city. That song came from the fact that it was 25 or 6 to 4 a.m. In the morning, when I looked at my watch, I was looking for a line to finish the chorus. (laughs) This is is how this came to be. Now, all of that musical uh, mastery... Uh, was forged in uh, the studio by the collective group together, which made the magic, of course, which which put it all together. And he's going to continue saying those things. Most songs that were written, uh, quoting now again from the article over at songfacts.com, especially in the early days, whenever I got them to the band and we started rehearsing them, that's when the songs took shape. Uh, once these guys got hold of them. And, he, and I find that quite respectful, you know, he could have been like, it's all me, I mean, he did write, and that's a powerful part, the poetry of it all, uh, but he knows, you 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 got yourself a team here of musicians, and uh, once you start to enter in the emotional uh, sound to it, um, man, that's when you start to really take hold of what you got, it's like, man, this is something, isn't it, this is pretty cool. And so he says there was definitely a lot of raw material. I thought it was a song when I wrote the words down. I wrote the changes down and I brought the charts to rehearsal, but it was really a song and it wasn't really a song until they all played it. And there are a lot of unsubstantiated rumors regarding the meaning behind this song's lyric. The article continues, of course, speaking of A popular rumor is that 6 to 4 was a nickname for LSD, because if you dropped acid at 6 p.m., the effects of the drug would wear off by 4 a.m., so they're in 10 hours later, right? (laughs) Maybe that's what it meant. And again, we tend to jump to those conclusions. And were they they, um, the recipients of the narcotic world, and were they digesting and experiencing things well yeah obviously they were and i know what lsd feels like when my youth we had the whole lsd wave coming to, and i got involved with that and i got experienced as Jimi hendrix would so say it's a powerful it's a powerful experience man it's it really captivates you man it brings you to another world truly in different dimension in the mind of course uh, but um, it's a memorable one, and uh, that ain't one we mess around with anymore, is it? As Christians, man, sobriety is the way to go, and there's a reason for that. All of these moments that we took and experienced drug, uh, drugs um, of all colors and shapes and all of that, um, though we experienced the quote-unquote beauty of it, the masquerade, the deception, it was short-lived. After a while, the years pass by, and you start to see the destruction of it. You start to see the separation of reality. You start to recognize that, man, this is just destroying our lives. Okay, but before that moment, where we actually smartened up, we're like, oh, I don't think we should be doing this. Sadly, only a very small minority of us do that. Like, hey, I don't think this is the way we should keep living. Um, uh, but we've experienced that whole... Uh, wave you know and um, dude i have some some of those scars that'll never leave my mind while i'm on this earth they just never will they were some of the most deep memorable experiences there's no way to verbally express it you'd have to you have to kind of go through it and i don't want any of you to go through it because then you'll be left with these familiar memories and scars and nightmares but they did that stuff and many of us and many of them in the entertainment world uh to expand their or what we thought was expanding our uh ability to write and to perform and to practice and these things you know we had a lot to do with drugs and so a great many times when we hear a song like that we're like oh it must be drugs you know (laughs) the beatles lucy in the sky all over again it has to do with drugs well, there was certainly an element of it in, in part, right? It's kind of like, does the culture create and then the drugs come in or does the drug push the culture? Who knows? A bit of give and take, I suppose, together. But the drug certainly had a lot to do with it. If you're 3.34 a.m. on Sunset Strip in the 70s and you got a head full of acid and you're trying to write a song and you're telling yourself, I'm going to write a song about writing a song. Chances are what you're going to write, of course, is fueled by <laughs> by the drug. From one angle to the next, from one measurement or, or not, uh, there's some something involved in there. So, of course, those are rumors that uh, swirl around the song, but he says it has nothing to do with that. Peter Cetera sang lead on this track despite his jaw being wired shut. That's kind of an interesting trivia to the to, to the musician here and to the to the band in regards to that that song it says I keep reading here from song facts despite his job being wired shut he sang this song a few months before the recording session okay listen to this, this is pretty good the band went to a baseball game at Dodger Stadium where their hometown uh, team okay the Chicago Cubs beat the Dodgers, leaving four Marines angry and ready to take their aggression out on someone. And that someone was uh, Cetera. Is it Cetera? Cetera? Cetera, I think, right? C-E-T-E-R-A. Okay. Who was singled out by his long hair as much as his team loyalty, you know. Long-haired, freaky people getting out of sight. Well, uh, that's the perfect uh, target right there if you're a Marine. Like, look at the hippie. Let's hurt the hippie. The ensuing brawl sent him to intensive care with a jaw broken in three places. So it wasn't just like, hey, hey, let's... Be men in rough roughhouse here. I mean, they almost tried to kill the guy, I think. Your jaw's broken at three places? That might, cons- you know, I don't know, man. That that could be a knee. That could be a foot, a sneaker, a shoe, a boot. I don't know, something. A boot? Know what I'm talking about? A? Well, when it came time to record the song, his jaw was still wired shut. Quoting now, he had to learn to sing differently. Producer James uh, Gar- Gar- Garcia told Mix Magazine, quoting, I told him can't wait we're gonna do this it needs to be done <laughs> so you're gonna have to learn how to sing this with a a wired mouth there you know broken mouth so satara did his vocal through clenched teeth imagine trying to sing like that you got your teeth wired you know, hey, how do you get 25 <laughs> or 624. but of course it became the signature sound It's almost like Backman Turner Overdrive singer, right? It's stuttering, but it became the staple. It became the thing, and we enjoy the song. (laughs) You you ain't seen nothing yet. Well, Sotera did his vocals through clenched teeth, which he adapted or adopted as a trademark singing style. After he left the band in 1985, his replacement, Jason Sheffer, took over vocal duties on this song. And the article continues over at songfacts.com in regards to all that kind of stuff. So, the lyric itself now. If we put the lyric on the screen and we go through it, you and I. Let's see here what they're talking about. Eh, let's see what they're talking about. Oh, eh. Uh, 25 or 624, Chicago's song in a 1970. It's waiting for the break of day. Remember where he's at. It's 3.34 or 3.35 a.m. on Sunset Strip in 1970 among hippies. Like, you gotta... I, 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 I obviously don't want you to go do drugs to know exactly what's going on here. But I think you can, if you've lived life long enough, you've been on this earth and you've seen s- stuff out there, you know, um, you probably get an, an image of where they're at a little bit in this circle. OK, now this is a different circle. It's a different era. It's a different time. It's not like today's world. Today's world is the kids. I, I you can't. Dude, they're on. I don't know what they're on. Fentanyl. I don't know, man. It's just not the same thing. We used to smoke pot, drink beer, and drop acid, magic mushrooms. Uh, what else? Yeah, it, 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 I mean it's drugs. But in today's world, man, it's like I don't know hard liquor and fentanyl. I don't know, man. They just they can't function. I don't know. We couldn't either. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but the drugs are different, <laughs> and because the drugs are different, the youth are different. Uh, Okay, so 25 or 624 says Waiting for the break of day Well, it's 3.34 a.m. It's 3.35 a.m. Searching for something to say Here I am, I gotta write a song I'm tripping I'm flipping out, man Uh, Flashing lights against the sky Giving up, I close my eyes It's a song about writing a song At 3.30 a.m. On the Sunset Strip In 1970 Waiting for the break of day, searching for something to say, flashing lights against the sky, giving up, I close my eyes. Dum-dum-dum-dum-dum. It's the experience. It's where he's at, at the very moment. It's the current event. He's soaking in the experience. He's trying to write a song, so why not write about it? I'm trying to write a song here's what's going on. It's the middle of the night. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to close my eyes. Sitting cross-legged on the floor, 25 or 6 to 4. Geographical location, my bodily posture. I'm high out of my mind. I'm floating about, and it must be, I don't know, 25 or 6 to 4, something like that. It's early, it's early, man. Look at the lights in the sky. Staring blindly into space. Getting up to splash my face. Oh, yeah. We used to... um, Man, we'd have parties. And um, we'd lay out in the tall grass. In the summer nights. And uh, have a head full of acid. And you could just see the stars dancing. You could... See the moon speaking. It's just a strange outer body trip. I don't know. And he's like, oh, 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 oh man, I, I think I've left for the starship Enterprise. I need to come back. Beam me down to Earth again, please. They come. In, it comes in waves. So he's waving. He's tripping. Started staring blindly into space, getting up to splash my face. You know, that seems to be the remedy for all of us who've... Again, if you've ever been snared in, in drugs and stuff like that. I mean, <laughs> I'm tripping. What's the, what's the remedy? Go to the washroom, go to the sink, get some water, splash your face, sober up. Like, okay, take a break, man. You're flipping out. So uh, he just wants to uh, stay awake, wondering how much I can take. How deep does this rabbit hole go? He, that's, a, that's what he's talking about. That's what he's talking about. Is the, It's the, is the trip. He's in his own mind. He has to write a song, so he's writing about writing the song, and he's experiencing this this moment. (laughs) And I I can read these lyrics, and and I know exactly what, I mean, I know what this feels like. Staring blindly into space, getting up to splash my face, wanting just to stay awake, wondering how much I can take. We used to trip like that. How old are we? 17, 18, 19, 20. We never stopped. I stopped, I think I was 32. That's when I'm like, yeah, there has to be something else in life. What about this guy named Jesus? Mom and dad bought me a Bible once. Slying around somewheres. There has to be more to life. I've experienced everything it had to give me. There has to be something else. Staring blindly into space, getting up to splash my face, wanting just to stay awake, wondering how much I can take. The intense trip of it all, right? Should I try to do some more? 25 or 6 to 4. Oh, yeah. No, no, don't, man. (laughs) Don't take any more don't take any more dude yeah yeah no because if you go too far and I've seen it if you go too far you take too much you took too much man you took too much Johnny Depp fear and loathing in Las Vegas You took too much man the adrenochrome. you took too much You're flipping out taking a bad trip took too, don't take any anymore I've seen folks man I've seen I've seen it I've seen it they've taken too much and never come back they never they really don't come back it's done the damage is, is too much. So they swirl around the rest of their lives, just be like, drooling somewheres, you know, in a straitjacket, having to take all kinds of pills, all kinds of pills that give us all kinds of thrills. But the thrill we've ever known is the thrill that'll get you when you get your picture on the cover of the Rolling Stones, Rolling Stones. So staring blindly into space, getting up to splash my face, wanting just to stay awake, wondering how much I can take. Should I try to do some more? Twenty-five or six, two, four. Now the lyrics are quite simplistic. It's not some kind of uh, poetic masterpiece, if you will. But the the, the composition and the, the 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 bringing, the producing, and the 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 musicians and and the the, the just the the song as it is. It's a five-minute song. Everything in there. It, it takes this short little lyric these, these these things that were going on in the mind of robert at three thirty-five a.m and Sun on such strip it takes this and it just makes it into this beautiful body of work which again he knows that and he said that he's like it's re- it really did its thing when i got i brought it to the guys and we all you know sprinkled our mojo on it there and it became this beautiful song that we all now hear in recognized (laughs) feeling like I ought to sleep spinning room is sinking deep searching for something to say waiting for the break of day yeah man I've had enough of this trip dude you know I'm splashing my face I'm trying I'm tired but I'm not I should I do some more I don't think so I mean I can't what should and there it is his trip is captured forever right there in a song that will last for as long as this earth goes on, I suppose. And we're permitted to have uh, music. Um, 25 or 6 to 4. 25 or 6 to 4. And that is the lyric to Chicago's 25 or 6 to 4. And uh, what it means. And what it meant. And how it captured an era and a culture in That geographical location, the Western world, the independence of the U.S., where freedom and privilege uh, was permissible uh, because we recognized uh, a great many things back then. And sadly, we flushed it all away, but uh, not before tripping a whole bunch, didn't we? And that's what Chicago did. I mean, I've watched a lot of their uh, documentaries, uh, interviews, and very interesting band, very interesting individuals. And, uh, you know, like the Eagles and every other band that we could start, you know, name dropping, many of them, if not most, they all tripped on stuff and uh, they wrote about stuff and it was their moment, their time. Uh, The music I wrote in my time uh, and the things I said were, again, part of the life we were living and the the entourage we had and the things we were experiencing you know sex drugs and rock and roll um but through the lens of an individual who now follows the christ and um, who um, has gone away from those elements i don't fear it anymore I, I i know what it is i can analyze it and i can share thoughts about that, which of course makes us approachable, and it allows us to have common ground with individuals who understand this kind of content, this kind of material. So please consider subscribing, liking, sharing, drop a comment, and uh, if you are so inclined, willing and able, support the work. Helps put food on the table for me, and it motivates me to keep going with this kind of stuff to grow the studio grow the content all that kind of wonderful stuff so that'll bring us to a close in regards to this analyzing the lyric themed uh session and i do hope you found some value to it or some interest if anything perhaps some trivia things you know like uh, interesting things or whatnot but uh uh i think if we are um level and reasonable fair with our assessments, we there is things that are quite interesting, really, uh, to see out there, and to uh, open up, and now, of course, recognize who we are as Christians, and we no longer drop LSD, and you know, we don't do those things anymore, and we don't live the way the world lives, um, but we can bridge that gap. You know, there is. There is a sad ending to all of these lifestyles Out there in the world The secular haze It, it creates In the realm of the music industry The realm of writers and poets and producers And um, performers and things like that um, The reason some things are written and performed and practice and and are so memorable and will remain in the canals of our of our thoughts for for as long as we live on this earth is because they came at the hand of sorrow and pain. It's 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 it has a wisdom and uh, it speaks a life experience, but it always ends in devastation. It does. It ends with. A lot of pain so that's the cost really we keep saying oh you know these these artists they've sold their soul to the devil well you know that's not necessarily physically or literally true uh to to that to that accord i mean yes they sell their soul meaning they've given their lives and their eternal consequence to the hands of fame and you know and riches and fame and you know that kind of stuff uh, but to write the things they've written and to uh, have those available came at a cost they had to lose something yes they lost their soul but they lost a lot more than that. I know it I know what it's about you have to give something of self in order to receive what the world has to offer Now here's the beauty in Christ, with the christian principle christ gave himself for you and i the sacrifice was given now do you and i have to give up things must we sacrifice as well must we let go things to follow the christ well yeah absolutely he did walk this earth proclaiming change it's necessary it's not a not it's, it's not a suggestion like hey if you want to change it's fine no, you must change in order to follow me faithfully. So we got to let all those things go. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll, it's got to go. You know, uh, hedonism, paganism, all sorts of denominational uh, worldviews and doctrines, practices, shrines, traditions, whatever. All We have to let all of that go. We have to let go self. But the beauty of the Christ sacrificing for us is... We no longer need to deteriorate in um, uh, a, a um, how should I say, we don't need to deteriorate into death. We can now build up and uplift into life. It's a better way of life. I know I would, it, it just is. But um, yeah, some of that stuff for what it's worth. So again, guys, stay focused, stay positive. I appreciate you all of, uh, a great deal. And uh, Lord willing, tomorrow, we will be going live, 10 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time, for our midweek studies. And we've been in Exodus. And man, I'm not telling you, it's been been pretty cool. It's an awesome journey in in the inspired text, witnessed and recorded. So maybe you want to join us. By all means, your invite is there. We'll be live tomorrow at 10 a.m., Lord willing. And we'll have ourselves a midweek study in the uh, book of Exodus. Good stuff. All right, man. Talk to you later. Peace out.